Well, good morning again. It, uh, it's good to see that the, the saints can get up early and uh, grab a hold of that manna, huh? And uh, get it before the sun comes up. Maybe the sun won't even come up around here today, but uh, it, it's good. Now, I wanted you to uh, uh, see the, the first slide this morning, if they can put that up. You've heard me talk about some of my story. I've shared some of my story with you. And the book we wrote about the story is Second Chance. It's the only book that... Uh, 3ABN and uh, Review and Herald have co-published. It's kind of an interesting story. Brenda Walsh wrote the foreword for me. And uh, if you get an opportunity, I'll be signing, uh, doing a book signing tomorrow, uh, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. And then on uh, uh, after Sabbath, Saturday night, be there again. So if you get an opportunity, maybe stop by. Also, wrote a book, He Shall Lift You Up. He Shall Lift You Up is is a, a, a smaller book, but it's on the victorious life. How, how to have that opportunity to live the victorious life in Christ. And then a couple smaller books, uh, Overcoming the Three Ds, Depression, Discouragement, and Despair. And uh, Judgment in Hell takes a little bit different look at uh, uh, Judgment in Hell in a, in a way that uh, I think grabs people's attention. Good little witnessing books. So if you get an opportunity, maybe stop by. I just couldn't resist showing you... Uh, when I'm out in the field once in a while, this is what I usually look like out there. I don't have my, my outfit on, but uh, you'll notice the guy on the left is a semi-automatic or fully automatic weapon, depending on how he sets it, I guess, and a radio. Everybody out there has a radio, and so it's really interesting. Uh, HMS Richard Sr. back in the 1950s said, we need to be broadcasting out to these countries. He said, everybody has a gun and a radio. Well, he was right. He was right. So uh, the, these fellows just off camera was their whole, whole herd of camels. They had about 100 camels. And then this one, uh, this Maasai warrior, he'd been walking by a, pl- a home one day that was blasting out the message of Jesus Christ through AWR, and he heard the program. He'd never heard about this Jesus. He came back every single day. Who is this Jesus? And he kept bringing more warriors to stand outside of this house and listen to the program every day. And finally he fell in love with Christ and almost the whole village was converted to Jesus. So I just had to, had to share one of those stories with you. Um, today's message, abiding. Abiding in Jesus Christ. Abiding in a forever relationship. It's all about Jesus Christ I get excited about this message, and the next couple days, if, if anybody has missed any other time, I hope you can be here for these messages. Uh, tell everybody, if they've never come to any of these, at least if they can make the Sabbath morning message. Now, that doesn't mean you can skip tomorrow, but if you haven't come here at all, please tell them, grab everybody you can to make the Sabbath morning message. It is so important. It's a message the devil does not want anybody in the Adventist church to hear. It's the message that will, I believe, bring revival and reformation to God's people, to each one of us. So hopefully think about that. Grab everybody you can for those, that meeting. Abide. What is abide? Abide is to stay, to dwell, to tarry, to be present in the Greek language. Uh, George Knight says 41 times it's used in the Gospels and 26 times in the Epistles. It's, it's used in various ways. It's translated into different words, but it is quite a word to dwell to stay with, to, to tarry, to be present. Now, our DNA in the very beginning, this is God says, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Our image and our likeness. Can you imagine God creating us in His own image 
in the likeness of God. God designed that man should express his thought and reveal his glory. Just think about that for a moment. God designed us that we might reveal and express his thought and reveal his glory. What a lofty, what a lofty position to be placed in. Man was the crowning act of the creation of God, made in the image of God and designed to be a counterpart of God. Man is very dear to God because he was formed in his own image. Wow, designed to be a counterpart of God. What's the, what's the definition of counterpart? One that closely resembles another. One that has the same functions and characteristics as another. One of two parts that fit, that fit and complete each other. I, I love that. Think about that. One of two parts that fit and complete each other. And we are the counterpart of God. Human beings were a new and distinct order. They were to live in close communion with heaven, receiving power from the source of what? All power. From the source of all power. A distinct, a distinct order. What, what is the definition of distinct? Recognizably different in nature from something else of a similar type. Physically separate, so clearly apparent as to be unmistakable. So in all the creation of the universe, God made us very, very distinct and different, unmistakably different, like Him, like Him. Face-to-face, heart-to-heart communion with His Maker was His high privilege. Wow, face-to-face and not only face-to-face, but what? Heart-to-heart, heart-to-heart communion with His Maker. Just think about that. Heart-to-heart communion with the Creator God of the universe. Abiding. I love this. Uh, I talked to Herb Douglas. said, Herb, what about the abiding situation in the Garden of Eden? I wanted to think about this. And uh, so Herb recently wrote a book, God at Risk. And in that book, he sent me a quote for this. Abiding is merely an English word describing this intimate attitude called agape, or God's love. He, God, can't can't be anything other than who and what he is in relation to the other. He surely was abiding with Adam and Eve in the cool of the evening. Abiding with Adam and Eve in the cool of the evening. Staying with them, drawing near to them, spending time with them. Men have the power to quench the Spirit of God. The power of choosing is left with them. They are allowed freedom of action. We are allowed, brothers and sisters, total freedom of action. God created us that way. So we would not be automatons to to just worship God as robots. But God wanted us to choose to fall deeply in love with Him. They may be obedient through the name and grace of our Redeemer, or they may be disobedient and realize the consequences. There are consequences both ways. If we are obedient and we give our love to God, God will fill us and we'll have such incredible joy. Or we turn away and we're separated from the source of all power, light, and joy. Now, Adam and Eve in the garden, unfortunately, they chose separation. 2 Corinthians says, As the serpent beguiled Eve in his craftiness. 
She got up to the tree, she, she saw the tree, and instead of realizing at that moment, I have separated from God, I was not from Adam, I was not supposed to, and run back immediately, she wanted to check out the tree a little further. Wow, and there's, there's, a, there's a serpent in the tree. And on top of it, he speaks in a human voice. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, she took the fruit thereof and did eat. The moment she decided to stay longer was the moment she was lost. The moment we decide to tarry with sin is the moment we are lost in that sin. Here are two great powers, the power of truth and righteousness and the working of Satan to make of none effect the law of God. The human agent, magnetized by the power of Satan, works in the lines of the enemy. Notice, magnetized by the power of Satan. Eve was magnetized. She, she was drawn. She had that moment in time when she realized what she had done, where she was, and she still could have turned and run away. But she chose to stay in sin. And they heard the voice of Jehovah walking in the garden. Now they'd sinned in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife did what? They hid themselves from the presence of Jehovah God in the middle of the trees of the garden. Wow. The Creator, the one who had made them in such a special manner, had fashioned them with His own hands. They ran away. And that's what sin does. Sin creates a huge gulf between God and His creation. They ran away, hid themselves. We're scared to death. We don't want to to have any part with you anymore, God. But praise God, we are not left alone to engage in this conflict. Jesus Christ is the captain of what? Our salvation. Jesus is the captain of our salvation. We are not left alone. We have another power that can help us. So surely, as there never was a time when God was not, so surely there never was a moment when it was not the delight of the eternal mind to manifest His grace to humanity. Can you say amen? Wow. So surely is God eternal. There was never a moment when it was not the delight of the eternal mind to manifest His grace to humanity. The devil would like you to think, I've done so many things. I've been so horrible. I've, I've eaten the fruit. I've, I've tried the forbidden fruit. I've run away. I've hid myself. I've lost my righteousness. Whatever it is. The devil would like you to say, you're so lost. You are so bad. God will never love you. God will never take you back. It is a lie. It is an absolute lie because there was never a moment when it was not the delight of the eternal mind to manifest His grace to humanity. Genesis 3.15, God says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman. This is God's grace. And between thy seed and her seed shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. God will come and live in us. We invite God in and God will come and give us that repelling force to chase away the devil. Brothers and sisters, you've seen, I, as a kid anyway, I don't see that too much anymore, but as a kid you used to have all these magnets, you know, and you'd, you'd put up these magnets, the polar opposites, you know, and you'd scoot one magnet there and it'd blow the other one away. You'd scoot it up and it'd blow it away, you know, and you'd try and, you'd try and push them together. You'd try and get those things together and they won't do it, you know, they just won't do it. 
enmity living in our lives, the devil cannot be around. It shoves sin away. It shoves the devil away when God is living in us. That's what we, each one of us, need. That's what each one of us should desire and hunger for on a daily basis. God, give me your enmity against sin. But God desires to dwell in us. But Jesus said, without me in John 15, without me you can do nothing. How much can we do? Nothing. Nothing. But God has a plan, and Enoch walked with God. And Noah walked with God. Wow, can you just imagine, you know? Just imagine Enoch. Enoch goes up on the mountain each day after work, you know, long, hard day at work, gets up on the mountain, spends that time talking and communing with his Lord, sharing all about the day, and they talk back and forth. And pretty soon, Enoch, uh, you know, he uh, checks his watch, and, uh, well, it's time to go home today. And uh, then pretty soon, day by day by day, week by week, month after month, checks his watch. Well, Lord, it's time to go home. It's getting late. And uh, one day the Lord says, you know, you're closer to my house today than your house. Why don't you just come on home with me? You know, that's what God's looking for with each one of us, you know, is to Go home with him one day soon. To have such a special relationship that we've separated ourselves from the world of sin and the life below. Oh yes, we live there. We, we are tented here. But this is not our home. We're looking for a glorious home whose builder and maker is God. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God that brought them out of the land of Egypt that I may dwell among them. God continued from the Garden of Eden. He said, look, he came looking for Adam and Eve. Look, I still want to live with you. I still want to dwell in you. I'll place the enmity. I, I, I want to come be with you. I haven't forsaken you. And now, children of Israel, look, build me a sanctuary so I can, what? Dwell. dwell. So I can dwell among you. So I can live with you. I, I love you above all the universe. I don't know how many created beings there are in the universe, but God wants to dwell with us. Amazing, amazing grace. God's greatest desire, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. How incredible is that? The salvation of the human race has ever been. How, how, what, how, how long? ever been the object of the counsels of heaven. The covenant of mercy was made before the foundation of the world. It has existed from eternity. Praise God, hallelujah. How do, how do we even grasp such an incredible thing? The salvation of the human race has ever been the object of the counsels of heaven. It has existed from all eternity. Praise God for that. Christ was their instructor, in the tabernacle, the temple, His glory dwelt. In the holy Shekinah above the mercy seat. In their behalf, He constantly manifested the riches of His love and patience. How often? Constantly. Constantly manifested the riches of His love and patience. You know, I, I feel so inadequate today to present this message to you. Because it is such an incredible message. It, it is such a heavenly message we need to grasp so desperately. 
incredible love of God to us. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is what? God with us. It just just doesn't cease. God in every way, in every form, wants to come and live with us. The garden, all the way through the plan of salvation, all the way through the Bible, God's one and greatest desire is to dwell with us, to live with us, to be with us. He loves us so so much. And the Word became flesh and tabernacled among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and of truth. Jesus here, God in the flesh, to walk with us, to, to share with us, to talk with us, to teach us how wonderful and loving He is. Amazing grace. Amazing grace. I travel around the world, and as I travel many times, we filmed, we filmed places where there's this piece of Buddha buried. And we go to another place and we film, and there's this piece of Buddha here buried. This sacred piece of Buddha here. And, and all these different gods and everything, they're, they're, all, they're all still here. But this God, He hung on Calvary's cross, He died, and He was resurrected. He was resurrected because He's the real God, the true God. And He desires, you know, to spend His time with us. Two guys standing there at the cross. Two lonely disciples. They watched all their hopes dissipate. Their their hopes die with Jesus on Calvary's cross. And they're walking back to Emmaus. Man, it's seven and a half miles downhill. And that's the way their experience was, was downhill. All downhill. And this stranger comes up alongside them and says, what are you, what are you, what are you sad about? What, what are you sad about? And he begins walking with them. Walking with them and talking with them. He begins sharing all of the scriptures concerning himself. You see, it was, it was God. He kind of blinded their eyes. They get to the house. It's evening now. And we're told that he was going to walk on by. He was going to continue his journey. And Cleopas and the other disciples said, no, no, please, why don't you come abide with us? Abide with us. And they pressed the invitation. He was going to walk on by. He said, no, no, please, abide with us. Amen. Oh, and in that moment, I believe that uh, they sit down to dinner. Jesus lifts up the bread. Lifts up the bread and blesses it and begins passing it out. And they, I think they see the nail prints in his hands. Say, it's the Lord. And poof, he disappears in that moment. And they get so excited. It was our God. And they begin running back uphill. And say, and say did not our hearts burn within us? Brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, when you have Jesus draw alongside you, your heart will burn within you. When you, when you spend time in the Word of God, talking with God, because this is the voice of God to speak to you, your heart will burn within you when God draws near you and desires to dwell in you. Did not our hearts burn within us? Are you missing something in your life? Is your life cold and lifeless? Are you sinning all the time? Are you having all these troubles? You can't focus on anything else? Draw near to God. He will draw near to you and your heart will burn within you. It's an organic relationship. Jesus, John 15, you know, 
those chapters in John and they're so incredibly beautiful. You should read those chapters in a very special way, in a prayerful way, on a regular basis. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears what? Much fruit. Much fruit. Ah, his vision, our mission. Draw near to him, connect into the vine and we'll bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Absolutely simple. It's, it's pure science. Connect in the vine, receive the nutrients from the roots and all the way up. The, the sunshine is, is, is you know, refashioned in there and gives us the nutrients we need in our lives and we can grow fruit. He who abides in me and I in him. But unless the members of God's church today have a living connection with the source of all spiritual growth, they will not be ready for the time of reaping. Plain fact. Living connection. It's got to be a living connection. How many of you, you farmers, and, uh, or if you've got uh, any trees or anything, you know you cut off a branch and, or, or one breaks off in a windstorm, how long do the leaves continue to grow and flourish? Not long. And if you ever tried to graft it back in, yeah, it may work, you know, you could, if you get it right away, you might be able to graft it back in. But how many times could you do that? Pull it out, put it on, and pull it off, and put it on, and pull it off, and put it on. It isn't going to be very healthy. Why do we not cling to Jesus and draw from Him by faith the strength and perfection of His character? As the vine branch draws the sap from the living vine... We are to look to Jesus and as temptations close about us, climb up step by step in the work of overcoming. Wow. We've got something to do. Amen. Choosing Jesus every moment of every day. Amen. Abiding in Christ, we become what? One with Him. Imagine becoming one with the God of the universe. Amen. Then we are safe, entirely safe against all assaults of the devil. How many assaults of the devil will we be safe from if we connect with Jesus? All. You see, it's an absolute lie of the devil. I've told you this many days that we cannot change in this lifetime. We must change in this lifetime. And we can do it through the power of God because God is the real overcomer. And He desires to dwell in us. And I will pray the Father and He shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Wow. Wow. God's desire from the beginning through eternity is to abide with us. To abide with us. It is so amazing to think in all the universe that this is going to be the center of God's government for all eternity. God's desire to tabernacle with us is, is amazing. But if Christ lives in us, we shall work the works of God. Can you say amen to that? It's, a, it's an incredible transforming power. We shall work the works of God because God in us can do anything He wants. Amen. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Brothers and sisters, that's His greatest desire. For you to allow God to come in, shine that light in, burn out the sin, create a glorious temple 
and then shine out. Thank you, brother, and then shine out. How wonderful is that? And all we have to do is to keep the vessel clean and right side up and prepared for the reception of the heavenly rain and keep praying, let the latter rain come into my vessel. Let the latter rain come into my vessel. You see, it's all about transformation. Romans 12, 2, be ye therefore transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word transformed there is metamorpho. Basically, I like to say from a worm to a butterfly. You know, it's where we get our word metamorphosis in the English language. How many would like to stay a worm? Let me see your hands. Oh, boy, they bit. Yeah, I thought one wife just poked her husband, leaned over and said, put your hand down. (laughs) Out of way, sweetheart. You keep the husband in line there. We don't want to be worms. We don't want to be worms. We want to be butterflies, don't we? To, to, float, up, to float up to the sky, to, to, to smell the flowers, to get into all the glorious areas of life, not, not muck around in the dirt and the mire and, and crawl around on your belly for the rest of your life. No, God has glorious plans for you. Glorious plans. But it takes the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant. You see, this is an interesting structure there in Philippians chapter 2. They call it a chiastic structure. Jesus, in his life, went down, 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 all the way to the death of the cross. If you could put the slide back up for a moment. But then God the Father... God the Father lifted him up, 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 up. For every step Jesus took down, the Father lifted him up. I don't know about you, but unfortunately in my life so many times, I'm built the other way. You know, I want to go up, 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 up. But then what will happen? Then God will take us down, 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 down. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord is the counsel. Humble ourselves. David, David learned that in a big way. David learned that in a big way. He was God the Son. He emptied himself. He became a man, became a servant, obedient to death, the death of the cross. The most vile death of all. Today, you know, people wear crosses. We wear all these crosses and everything. Maybe if it was in modern society today, we'd be wearing an electric chair. huh? But... God lifted him, highly exalted Jesus, a name above every name, every knee should bow, things in heaven and earth, things under the earth, and all, in all the universe, confess the name of Jesus Christ. All because he took off his own kingly robes and went down, 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 down. The only way, the only way that I can do that is if I've invited God into my life. Because the devil is always whispering, no, no, go the other way, go the other way. That way is destruction. When he gives you the mind of Christ, your will becomes his will and your character is transformed to be like Christ's character. Wow. We've got it. That's got to make you happy. That's got to get you excited to think about that. When he gives you the mind of Christ, Your will becomes His will and your character is transformed to be like Christ's character. Want the character of Christ? There it is. Turn your will 
over to God, moment by moment, day by day. If we will die to self, if we will enlarge our idea of what Christ can be to us and what we can be to Him, if we will unite with one another in bonds of Christian fellowship, God will work through us with mighty power. Amazing, amazing. God can and will do a great work for every human being who will open the heart to the Word of God and let it enter the soul temple and expel every idol. Spend time in God's Word. Get to know the Creator God of the universe. He will come and dwell in your life and expel every idol out of your life. Still have a few idols hanging around? Spend more time in the Word. Talk with your Lord. Invite Him in. And I've shared this with you a couple times. I'm probably going to share it a couple more times because it's such an incredible quote. As the will of man cooperates with the will of God, what happens? It becomes omnipotent. It becomes omnipotent. And I hope, if I run through this enough, you're going to remember this quote and you can repeat it over and over and allow it to become part of your life. When the will of man cooperates with the will of God, what happens? It becomes omnipotent. Let's say it together. As the will of man cooperates with the will of God, it becomes omnipotent. Let that become a part of your vocabulary. Let it drive your life. Your will cooperating with God's will becomes omnipotent. God can do anything in your life if you allow Him. He came unto His own, unfortunately, but His own received Him not. They they didn't want to receive Him. They They didn't want Jesus Christ. They wanted to do things in their own way. They wanted to go up, up, up. They wanted the first positions. They wanted the best places at the dinner table. They wanted to look good amongst all the crowd. He came to his own, and his own received him not. He wanted to dwell with them. He wanted to be part of them. They didn't want anything to do with it. Brothers and sisters, I hope you don't find yourself in that position today. Whatever is going on in your life, you see, it is your choice as to what happens, whether you receive him into your life or not. But as many as received him, to them he did what? He gave power to become the sons of God. Hallelujah. Power to become the sons and daughters of God. To him that overcometh, Revelation 3.21. By the way, this is the promise to the Laodiceans. Promise to the Laodiceans. To him that overcomes, will I grant to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame and sat down with my Father in His throne. Unbelievable. The very ones in the whole universe that spit in His face, that turned our backs upon Him, that nailed Him to a cross. We will be co-regents with Him for eternity if we allow Him to come and abide in our lives, allow Him to change us and transform us. We will be rulers. Now, I don't know exactly how that's going to work, but in my own my own fanciful way I've thought about. Here, Jim, you've been faithful over, over these things. I'll give you this corner of the universe. You know, this, this is your corner to rule over. And what does rulership look like? Why, every day it's going to be so exciting because you'll tell everybody how wonderful Jesus is. How, how I, as this wretched, this wretched worm who was crawling on the ground, 
How my God made me a butterfly. How, how I'm even here by His incredible grace because He wanted to live in me and change me. And every day I'm going to share that story through all eternity. I'm going to point them to the nail prints. Say, you know how I got those nail prints? He got them because of me. And He loved me so much. He gave me another opportunity. He gave me a second chance. He gave me a second chance. And never again will sin rear its ugly head in the universe because of our testimonies. To him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne? Wow. We must realize that our Lord was willing to give up everything so we could abide with him forever. He feared that sin was so offensive to God that their separation was to be eternal. But he gave it up. He gave it all up for you and for me. It is so hard to fathom that the king of the universe, whose, whose glory surpasses anything we could ever imagine, the study of salvation will be our study throughout all eternity. How could it even happen? How could he be here in the Garden of Gethsemane and say, I can't live without them. I can't live without you. He chose death because he wanted to abide with us forever. Abide with me, Jesus said, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, it remains in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. The Spirit is constantly showing the soul glimpses of things of God. A divine presence seems to hover near. And then, if the mind responds, if the door of the heart is open, Jesus abides with the human agent. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. Again, this is in, in connection Connection really with Laodicea. And he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Can you say hallelujah this morning? Wow. That just ought to, just ought to invigorate us, get us all excited. Man, if, if, if we look like we've been baptized in pickle juice, we're in the wrong church. <laughs> this is life eternal, that we might know him. That we might know him. You know, that know is so distinct. It's just like Adam knew his wife and they conceived a child. It's very intimate, very personal, very real. This is life eternal that we might know him. In knowing Christ through the grace that he has shed forth abundantly, we become changed. In humility, we shall correct every fault and defect of character. Wow. Because Christ is abiding in the heart. It's not about us. It's not about us being legalistic. We've got to do this and we've got to do this. I've got to change this. You've got to quit drinking coffee. You've got to quit doing this. You've got to quit doing that. No. It becomes a whole new focus. A whole new focus. <laughs> my God is so wonderful. I love Him so much. I want Him to come in and, and get rid of all this stuff in my life. Because I love him. I love him. I've made him my passion. I've made him my all. I've made him my everything. Hallelujah. Oh, we shall be fitted up for the heavenly family above. 
And the life which Christ offers us is more perfect, more full, and more complete than was the life which Adam forfeited by transgression. Unbelievable. Unbelievable that God wants to take us out of all that and lift us higher and higher than ever before. Amazing grace, brothers and sisters. Amazing grace. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must abide at your house. God is standing there looking at you. Hey, come on, come on down. Wherever wherever you're hanging around at, come on down today. I want to abide at your house. I want to break bread with you. I want to fellowship with you. (laughs) Wow. The Holy Spirit seeks to abide in how many souls? All, each soul. If it is welcomed as an honored guest, those who receive it will be made complete in Christ. Jesus said, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. Right now, as you're sitting there, as you're listening to my voice wherever you are, if you hear my voice, Jesus said, and open the door. There's the key. We've got to open the door. You notice on that on that uh, painting, there is no doorknob on the outside. Amen. The doorknob is inside my heart. Amen. You remember part of my testimony when I said when they plugged in that DVD and I began to listen to that preacher, said I had piled up so much garbage in front of my door, even when God called, I couldn't get to the door to answer. But that's not totally true because we can always get to the door to answer because God will give us the strength. The moment that paralytic laying there at the pool of Bethesda, he couldn't do anything on his own. And Jesus said, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the electricity from God shot through that body and every muscle and fiber of that being responded. And he jumped up and he's praising God and said, hallelujah. Went to the temple shouting and praising to God. Brothers and sisters, God will give you the strength if you want to respond. He'll give you the power to respond. The demoniac there, he couldn't even speak the words. He was so demon-possessed. He couldn't say the words at all. But Jesus read his heart. Demons get out of him. And in the next moment, that demoniac who'd been cutting himself with knives and piercing himself and breaking every piece of bondage they ever tried to attach to him, is sitting at the feet of Jesus clothed and in his right mind. He's clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ and he's got the mind of Christ now. That's what God wants to do with you and will do if you simply desire and respond to him. Say, Lord, please come into my life today. Every warning, reproof, entreaty in the word of God or through his messengers is a knock at the door of the heart. God's knocking in your heart right now. It is the voice of Jesus asking for entrance. With every knock unheeded, however, the disposition to open becomes weaker. The impressions of the Holy Spirit, if disregarded today, will not be as strong tomorrow. Today, if you hear His voice, harden not your hearts. When God gives you repentance, respond, respond. Because we do pile up more garbage and more garbage and more garbage. And pretty soon the voice can get less and less and less. If you hear the voice today, respond now. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts. And to us, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd 
I am the living bread. I am the way, the truth, the life. I am the assurance of every promise. I am. Be not afraid. God with us is the surety of our deliverance from sin. Wow. Hallelujah and hallelujah. For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Let's check out this partnership. Before the world was formed, you were His eternal purpose. He was abiding with Adam and Eve in the garden. When they chose separation, God implemented the plan to reestablish His abiding presence. In the garden, Jesus couldn't see past the darkness of death, but He couldn't live without us. In eternity, we will be co-regents with Him. We will occupy a higher position than before the fall and the same power that lifted Jesus will lift us. His eternal desire is to become one with us, abiding with us forever. Brothers and sisters, do you choose today to abide with Jesus? It is a choice. It is a choice. It's not about doing things. It's about a choice. Setting your pride, you're setting the rudder, saying, God, I choose you today. Will you do that? Will you choose Him right now? In a way, this is, you know, you can, you can leave this camp meeting and, oh yeah, there may be a little glow. You know, you get a little excited, but then the, the devil starts throwing things at you of the day and you, you kind of go right back into the old things. But you don't have to. You do not need to. Because God living in you will give you strength and power to continue in a new direction. Remember we talked about you cannot stay where you are and go with God. God wants a a new life. He's going to give you an exciting, vibrant, new direction in life. This morning, will you choose God? If so, let me see your hands. Amen. Amen. Let's have a prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray today, Lord, that... Well, Lord, first of all, I've just got to tell you, it's so exciting to realize how much you love us. And and then we're not going to realize that until we get to eternity. And then it's going to take a while, I think, to really sink in. Lord, please live in us today. You've seen every upraised hand. You know the heart of every single person. And Lord, we desperately need you. We desperately need you to abide in us. We don't understand it all. Uh, our characters and our lives certainly don't warrant anything from you. <laughs> wow, but you... You took off all your kingly robes. You chose to die for each one of us here. Oh, Father, please help us. Please live in us. Abide in us for all eternity. Thank you. Give us your power. Give us your strength. Give us your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.